Good morning. If you have your Bibles with you, if you'll turn to Galatians 5, we're going to look at 22 and 23. Um, We also have pew Bibles on the end there. Throughout the last few weeks and for the rest of the, or a few more weeks into the summer, we're going to be looking at the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, Today we're going to talk about patience. We're going to look at uh, a few things that... um, that the Lord has laid on my heart to share uh, about patience. In the back of your worship guide, uh, there is a uh, an outline that you can follow along as we go through it. To get started, when, when I think about patience, and I've been thinking about it now for about two months, um, when I think about patience, a prayer comes to mind, and it goes like this. Maybe some of you have said it. I know, hopefully I hadn't actually said it, but I've thought it before. And it goes like this, Lord... Give me patience and give it to me right now. Um, and so when I, when I think about that, I, I think about why am I not patient sometimes? And, and what I've been able to come up with is, number one, I'm a sinner. And as Frank put it this morning in Sunday school, to the core, I'm a sinner. And because I'm a sinner... I'm self-centered. I want things done my way, and I want it done my way right now. I oftentimes forget that things need to be done in God's timing. And so I think sometimes about times when I've almost lost patience, and it takes me back, and I promise I've only got two football stories today. And here's the first one. I used to be a head coach at Mumford High School, and it takes me back. I remember one day at practice, it was probably 100 de- degrees or better, and we had a player named Jeremy. And Jeremy was great. Jeremy was about six foot three, went about 250, could run like a deer, was absolutely wonderful, played defensive end for us. He was a 10th grader. He was young, but he was good. We were getting ready to play a team that had a real good running quarterback. And what he liked to do is, if I can kind of give a quick illustration, is is the quarterback would fake a play going this way, and everybody would go that way, but then the quarterback would bootleg or would run back this way. So what I needed Jeremy to do, and, and we worked on it, is I needed Jeremy to make sure... Jeremy was reading a guy in front of him. I needed Jeremy... When that guy went there to step down, because he knew to do that already, to look in the backfield, if Flo went away, if everybody went that way, then just look at that quarterback. And if he saw him come back this way, get outside. That's what I needed Jeremy to do. Seemed real simple. Jeremy, I need you to do this. If he comes this way, then you get outside. So I showed it to Jeremy on film. I showed it to him drawing it on the board. I told him. So now we're out of practice. And when we practiced, we would get our younger guys that weren't starting on defense to give us a picture of the other team. It was called our scout team. And our scout team quarterback was our coach. And our coach, one of our coaches, and our coach was, uh, this particular coach was kind of young, played quarterback for me, was pretty fast, so he was good at doing this. So we get ready to go. The first time that we see it, Flow goes that way, Jeremy steps down, quarterback goes that way, and there goes the coach running down the field. Touchdown. First time he'd seen it, no big deal. So I say, Jeremy, buddy, (laughs) 
that, that's what I was talking about right there. Good step. But now when he goes, we need to get him. I got it, coach. So a few plays later, I made sure the coach knew, work that in. Because that was the one play that could get us beat. So work that in. So a few plays later, flow goes that way. Jeremy steps down. Quarterback comes this way. There he goes for a touchdown. Jeremy. That's the quarterback right there. Let's make sure. If you see him come, let's get out there and get him. I got it, coach. All right, Jeremy. So here we go. A few plays later. Flow goes that way. Quarterback comes this way. There he goes down the field. Jeremy, come here. I haven't lost my patience at this point. That's just normal coaching stuff, okay? So come here, son. I told if he goes that way, when the quarterback goes there, get out there and turn him inside. I got it. No, you, he's done it three times. Coach, I got it. Okay. A few plays later. Flow that way, quarterback goes for a touchdown. So at this point, I'm about to lose my patience. Losing my patience would mean poor Jeremy would never get to play again and would be probably two to 300 yards away from me, which wouldn't have been good. Fortunately, and I can't say that I always did this, but fortunately, I didn't lose my patience, but I turned to our starting inside linebacker, Petey. Petey was great. Petey was about 6'1", could run faster than Jeremy. He hit so hard on the field that I felt it on the sidelines. Petey was great and knew everything that everybody was supposed to do. So finally I turned to Petey and I just put my hands up and I'm like, Petey, I said, am am I not saying it right? Petey looks at Jeremy and he goes, man, when he go down there, get out there and get him. I said, okay, Petey, you know, that ain't going to work, son. I mean, but... But that's good, Petey. You know, I've given him all this film work, all this stuff. But that's good, Petey. You know, it's a good thing you're good, Petey, because that, that, that's not going to get it. But anyway, so I let Petey do his little coaching. A few plays later, play goes that way, quarterback comes this way, Jeremy gets him. So I thought, well, Pete, man, you're on to something. A few plays later, flow goes that way, quarterback goes this way, Jeremy gets him. And Jeremy got him every single time from then on. To the point that weeks later, we'd be playing somebody else on a Friday night. Somebody that their quarterback, I didn't even care about their quarterback. If he tried to run the ball, he'd trip on his own feet. And yet, Jeremy would come over to the sideline sometimes and go, Hey coach, they tried to do that play and I got the quarterback. And I'd say, Yeah, you did, Jeremy. And so my point with that is this. Fortunately, I didn't lose my patience with Jeremy. And Jeremy is one that remembers that day. He remembers that situation. But he remembers it as something that's a good time. He laughs about it. Had I lost my patience with Jeremy, I would have severed that relationship. And just knowing Jeremy... You know, I don't know if he would have kept playing. And he was, he was good. And it also taught me this. I was about to lose my patience with a kid, and it was my fault. Because Jeremy was one of those players that wanted to do good, yet I wasn't reaching him. I wasn't communicating well. It took Petey saying whatever Petey said 
And it was a lot worse than I just said. But it took Petey doing that, and he understood that. I thought showing him and all this fancy stuff. So it, it taught me that, you know, I could have ruined a relationship. And also before I, when I start thinking about patience, this, this was my fault. So as we look at patience, the underlying theme of all of this today is this. Since Christ is so patient with us, we should be patient with each other. And that, that stands even when things don't go my, my way, even if it's my fault they didn't go my way. I'm a sinner, so ultimately it's my fault. But even if, let's say, I do something good and someone else doesn't respond the way I think they should, then I should still have patience. When you look at that first point, it's perseverance. Perseverance. A lot of times the word patience itself is, is long-suffering. That may be a better way of putting it. I've got to suffer for a long time. That may be a better way of putting it. But when you look at perseverance, it means that I keep on, and I keep on, and I keep on. Even if I'm done wrong, even if I'm not getting my way, even if things aren't going the way I think they should go, that's being patient. One of the biggest examples in the Bible, and anytime people talk about patience, if they're bragging on somebody, they'll say, man, he's got the patience of Job. And when we look at Job, Job was a rich man, and Job was a man just like, was a person just like we are. Job was a sinner just like we are. But he was, a, he was a good guy. He was a good guy. But God allowed Satan to do some things to him. And Job ended up losing his family, his livestock, his physical health, to the point where his wife at one point said, you should just curse God and die. And here, here's the thing with Job. When, if you haven't read it in a long time, go back through and read Job. Because I'd heard a lot of stories about Job. And so I thought, man, this is just a guy that a lot of stuff happened and he's just like, oh, praise God, I'm good. You know, everything's great. Well, it's not anywhere near that. Job struggled. He struggled to persevere. It wasn't easy. It was long-suffering. He battled with it. There's a series of dialogues in there. He ultimately dialogues with God and, and he's battling with the whole thing. And yet finally at the end, he begs God's forgiveness and perseveres. Continues to trust. Continues to trust in God. Perseverance with patience. And I got to thinking, you know, that is a real good thing. I, I'm, I'm so glad that God put that in the Bible and that He put it in there showing it real. Here's a guy struggling just like I struggle. Probably I may never struggle that severely, or maybe. But it's a good thing for me to see. And Romans 15.4 
says this, and here's why it's in there for me to read. For, for whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction that through perseverance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Through perseverance and encouragement of the Scriptures. I had you turn to Galatians 5. Let's look at the fruit of the Spirit. I'm going to read 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. It is the fruit of the Spirit. How does someone know that we're followers of Christ? Because they see our fruit. We bear that fruit. And I mentioned in perseverance that sometimes we're the ones that's done wrong. And yet we still have to persevere through that. We still have to have patience in light of that. Just like Jesus has with us. 1 Peter 2, 20 through 24, and, and don't turn there, I'll just read this. says this, For what credit is there if, when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience? Basically, they said, you know, when you do something wrong and have to endure it, what credit is that? But if when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it, this finds favor with God. For you have been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in His steps, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in His mouth. And while being reviled, He did not revile in return. While suffering, He uttered no threats, but kept entrusting Himself to Him who judges righteously. And He Himself bore our sins in His body on the cross, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by His wounds you were healed. That kind of just explains some of the patience Jesus has with us. And then I think sometimes I lose my patience with with someone else. So how am I able to do it? Because it is difficult. One of, one of the main things, I think one of the main resources we have is prayer. Is prayer. Pray for patience. Because it is not natural to the flesh. To our worldly desires. Look back in Galatians. Galatians 5. Look up a few verses. Let's look, of the, let's look at that flesh. Let's look at why patience is something that can be so difficult for us. I'm looking at verse 19. I'm going to read 19 through 21. And then I'm going to skip what we just read in Galatians and go to 24 and 25. Verse 19 in Galatians 5. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, 
sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outburst of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, which means there are a lot more, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And if you skip down to 24, it said, Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Pray for patience. Be, pray, be patient in your prayer. Things work in God's timing, not our timing. I'm reminded of a movie I saw, and, and I'm not endorsing this movie. Uh, it's theologically not that great, but entertaining. But, but, but I wouldn't even endorse it at all. But it's, it's Evan Almighty. And in this movie, Evan Almighty, Morgan Freeman plays God. And he's disguised as a waiter. And the, the wife of the main character there is struggling with some things. And he makes this statement. He says, do you think when people pray for patience that God gives them patience? Or does he give them situations to be patient? And I think there's some truth in that. Now, I think God can supernaturally just say, okay, you're patient. I think that, no doubt. But I do think in a lot of situations, we go through things because it is God giving us an opportunity to grow in that area. For example, when I go to work in the morning, if I'm running a little bit late, there are four lights before I get to the interstate. All four of them are red when I'm running late. And so I have a tendency of getting frustrated of not being patient, unless I think about, well, you know what? You know, maybe the Lord's using this, number one, to tell me to get up sooner. And, and maybe it's to avoid an accident. Or maybe it's just to sit here and spend a little bit of quiet time being still, knowing He's God. Who knows why? But it, it can be frustrating. It's a good time for me to pray. And sometimes when we pray, our answer doesn't come immediately. And we need to go back to the first point and be persistent in that prayer. Here's my second football story. This one's humbling for me. Same school, had a boy named Tyler. (coughs) Tyler was a Christian, 15 years old. At the time, Tyler's coach, his head coach, was not. And it showed. And Tyler was on the end of some tongue lashings that were pretty tough from his head coach because he didn't get it right. There was probably a time or two where I lost my patience with Tyler, and it was probably not that good for Tyler. I I really liked Tyler. Great kid. But this boy probably took some pretty rough days. Fast forward to the next summer, I put my trust in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. 
So I go to practice one day, and, and this will kind of get to me a little bit, so bear, bear with me. <clears throat> I go to practice, and I tell the team what happened. And I said, folks, if you don't understand what I'm telling you, that's fine. But things are going to be different around here. Language and, and, and all that, it's going to be different. And, and, and a few weeks later, I don't remember exactly when, <clears throat> Tyler... The boy that had been taking some of those tongue lashings, Tyler came to me and said, Coach, I've been praying for you for the last six months. <clears throat> Persistence in prayer. So I got to learn this from a 15-year-old kid. Persistence in prayer. He didn't quit. Let's move on to pattern. So hopefully I can pull it back together. Pattern. So who's our pattern? Well, we've mentioned it before. And it's Jesus. Jesus is persistent. Jesus spent a lot of time in prayer. And he, He's the example for us to follow, especially when we look at being patient with one another or at times bearing one another's burden. Jesus is our example because He's done it for us. Turn to... Hold your... Well, you don't even have to hold your spot here. Turn to Isaiah 53. Uh, Isaiah is about the uh, middle of the Bible, maybe uh, middle end toward the front a little bit. Isaiah 53. This is a familiar passage for, for many of you, I know, but um, it, it really does a good job of, of painting a good picture. Uh, I'm going to read 3 through 7. Isaiah 53, 3 through 7. And this is talking about Jesus. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hid their face, he was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted, but he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourging we are healed. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, but the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted. Yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb that is led to slaughter and like a sheep that is silent before its shears. So he did not open his mouth. And he went through all of this. And when he's on the cross, after all of this abuse he took for us, and sometimes I, sometimes I think we forget about 
pain when we hear about Jesus took all this pain. Think about the last time you were physically hurt. Whether you, you broke a bone. Now, Jesus didn't have a bone broken. But whether you broke a bone or you hit your head or you cut yourself open or whatever, the last time you were hurt, the pain that that really causes, the actual, for real, not reading it in a book, pain that that causes. Well, Jesus went through that pain. He was 100% God. He was 100% human. That's a mystery. But at the same time, 100% God, 100% human. So he felt that pain over and over and over again, mocking and all of that. And then we hang him on a cross. And what does he say? Forgive them, Father, for they don't know what they're doing. Wow. Wow. I want to talk about patience. All of that. And he says, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And sometimes I go ahead and put my name in there. Forgive Todd, Father. He doesn't know what he's doing. Patience. When I look at patience, I, I think about 1 Corinthians because it's right there at the beginning. 1 Corinthians 13, and I'm just going to read the first three words. But 1 Corinthians 13, you've heard it a lot. It's been at a lot of weddings. I know Paige and I had it in our wedding. And that is, love is patient. And I hadn't seen Brandon this morning, but I, I was at a, one of their seminars, and, and I think it, it's a philosophical thing that if love is patient, then therefore patient or patience is love. Has to be. So again, God is displaying this love. Jesus is displaying this love after all the beating. Number one, that He didn't just stop it, but that He took it. And then goes, Father, forgive them. Because He loves us, and is patient with us, we should be patient with one another. Galatians 6, 2, 2, the first part of it, puts it this way, that we should bear one another's burdens. The last topic I've got under patience is peace. Uh, I believe Chris talked about peace last week as a fruit of the Spirit. Excuse me for that. 2 Corinthians 13.11 says this. Paul says this. He says, Finally, brethren, rejoice. Be made complete. Be comforted. Be like-minded. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you. Live in peace. One of the most important places, I believe, for us to live in peace is in our homes. In our jobs as well, friendships and all that, but in our homes. And so when I think about in our homes, I think about children. Now, I'm not a parent and would never claim to know anything about that. All I would say is this. I, I work with children a good bit. And so I know this. Children are hungry to learn. And so they ask the question, why, a lot. And I get that from 6th, 7th, and 8th graders. 
Hey, we're going to do this. Why? Because we're going to do this. Why? Because of this and this. Why? Because of this and this. Go to your class and ask your teacher. But, but kids like to ask why. That's how they learn. And sometimes, sometimes that can get frustrating, especially if we've had a hard day and we get home and it's maybe not gone that well for us. Sometimes it's difficult to be patient with our children. And now I'm not talking about our children need, need discipline. Our children need to know that, that they need to submit to authority. They need to know that because we're setting the example for them to understand one day that we all need to submit to Jesus' authority. So that part is, is good. So I'm not talking about, don't confuse those, I'm talking about just the patience that that child is trying to learn to tie their shoe. But they're just not getting it. Maybe think about Jeremy next time. Maybe you're not explaining it right. Patience with our children. Somebody said this, the best thing that you can do as a parent for your children is love your spouse. Let them see that. Husband, let them see how you love their, your, your wife. Wife, let them see how you love uh, the husband. Let them see that. And foster peace in the house. Which leads me now to spouse. Of course, Paige and I are recently married. And if I share anything about Paige and I, trust me, I do so without her consent. <laughs> I asked Paige that a couple of days ago. I said, Paige, look, if I get up there and I'm struggling, I'm going to pull these out. <laughs> she said no. <laughs> so, so I'm going to try to be general in these examples. But it is different, and, and so many of you know a lot more than, than she and I do, but it is different when you, when you get married and, and you're living with someone for the first time. Little things that were cute when you were dating now are, are annoying sometimes. The, thing, the things I do. But you, but you have to have patience with each other. And, and I will say, she definitely, Paige definitely has to have a lot more patience with me. Because I'm the kind of guy, I want things done a certain way and at a certain time. And that's one thing, but the bad thing about me is I change that almost daily. So you can't even get into the routine of that. But it takes patience. And so the love that you share in that relationship helps you to have patience. Something that Derek, Derek's in our life group, and something that Derek mentions from time to time is dying to yourself. And, and I just, I think I've heard that before, but just, I don't know, he said it with such conviction that that, that stands out, dying to yourself. That's what it takes a lot of times to be patient and to build that peaceful home. Since Christ is patient with us, we should be patient with each other. Let me close by reading a quote from Meditations on the Cross by Bonhoeffer, Diedrich Bonhoeffer, on patience. He says this, Suffering produces 
patience. The Greek word for patience literally literally means to stay underneath, to endure, to bear rather than to cast off one's burden. Today, we in the church know far too little about the unique blessing of enduring and bearing. To bear, not to cast off. To bear, but neither to collapse. To bear as Christ bore the cross. To endure beneath it. And there, underneath, to find Christ. When God imposes a burden, those who are patient bend their heads and believe it is good to be humbled thus. To endure beneath this burden, but to endure beneath it, to remain firm, to remain strong as well. That is what the word means. Not anemic, giving in, shrinking back, enamored of suffering, but rather to give strength under that burden as under God's grace. To preserve God's peace with unshakable constancy. God's peace is found among the patient. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank You, Lord, for Your Word. Lord, thank You that we can turn to Your Word and we can see examples, that we can study it, that we can learn what You would have us to know. And Lord, thank You that that we can turn to You in prayer when we wrestle with some of these difficult situations. And Lord, we thank You, dear Jesus. Thank You for being patient with us. Oh Lord, we, we think of that. We can't possibly fathom the love. And we praise You for it. And Lord, we pray for strength, for, for courage to be patient with one another. Follow in your example. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.